This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. All right, this is the podcast. I said goodbye. Podcast. <clears throat> Hi, this is Tom Cock. Many of you as investors get caught up in the excitement of which stocks you should own, maybe even which markets you should invest in, but you overlook that bigger decision. And I think ignore it to some extent, maybe for psychological reasons of how much of your money is going to go into stocks, the riskier assets, right? And how much of your money is going to go into bonds. Now, 20 years ago, we were interviewing a guy named John Bogle, who uh, was responsible for the tremendous success of Vanguard. And we started getting in it, into it with John about owning more small cap, owning more international. He stopped us. I'll never forget it. It was Paul Merriman, myself, and Don McDonald. He said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Before you even get to that, you got to make this bigger decision about how much in stocks, how much in bonds. Great point, John. Very, very, very good point. Now, here's the reason it really matters. Because you may think that the most important decision you can make is decision between owning Tesla or Microsoft, for example, or deciding to just own U.S. stocks versus owning a globally diversified portfolio. But really, at the end of the day, the thing that's going to determine somewhere between 95 and 97 percent of your return is really going to be how much you have in stocks and how much you have in bonds. It will also determine how much volatility is your portfolio going to deliver. Remember, there's always that trade off between more stock exposure and greater volatility and less stock exposure and less volatility. And this will also determine another thing, which I see still regularly when I talk to people. And that is, hey, wait a minute. My neighbor just got rich owning Novavax or Tesla, sort of keeping up with the Joneses. Never a good idea when it comes to investing. Maybe when it comes to your yard, I don't know. But let's take a step back and talk a little bit about the stock to bond ratio. First of all, you know, when it comes to stocks, we think you should own a globally diversified portfolio. Yes, it's been better to be centered in the U.S., certainly in large U.S. stocks lately. And then when it comes to bonds, fixed income, less risky, right? Because it's an IOU. We think you should own mostly government bonds. Total bond fund can be okay as well. Then the decision always is how much in those riskier things, stocks being equity in companies, bonds being, as I said, a piece of paper that says they're going to pay you back with a certain amount of interest in a certain period of time. And there's all kinds of people out there telling you how to determine your stock to bond ratio. Some people would tell you, take a hundred, subtract your age. That number would be how much you have in stocks. That's pretty conservative. We, as you know, have a risk quiz. It's available free. You can take it. That gives you a number that sometimes could be the percentage you have in stocks because that helps you determine 
your emotional makeup with your money. But here are some general ideas for you. First of all, under the age of 30, I think you should be 90% in stocks, 10% in bonds. Now you're going to argue with me and say, but I'm scared when the market goes up and down. Then you need to have your significant other. You need to have a sibling. You need to have somebody who can hold your hand through the tough times. Owning more than 10% of your, putting more than 10% of your money in bonds at a time when interest rates are so low is going to cost you a lot into the future. That's, I think, up to about 30. Then you get into this middle period, 30 to 50. Well, maybe it's not middle age, but 30 to 50. Again, I think most of your money should be in stocks, but I don't know you. If you're going to run to the sideline when the market goes down by 20%, then no, you shouldn't have not have 80 or 70% in stocks. You need to know what every portfolio has lost in the worst case, because the worst case may start again as soon as tomorrow. We don't know, but here's where the real critical part comes in over the age of 50. This is where I see a lot of bad decisions made because oftentimes people build a portfolio. They sort of forget about it. And then they wake up at age six and go, Whoa, whoa, I'm in that. Yes, you're in that. Oh, by the way, they come and see us and say, I've been listening to you for 20 years. And I say, which part were you listening to? So over the age of 50, I'm okay. For example, in your 401k, if you don't want to have anything to do with building a portfolio, rebalancing, et cetera, having a target date fund, eh, it's not the best, but it's okay. And then I really like Paul Merriman's strategy with a target date fund plus small cap, because that gives you a little more exposure to smaller companies, which have been really productive over a long period of time. But after the age of 50, here's the way I think you need to look at the world. Number one, you got to have a plan. You got to say, I'm working until age 65, 66, whatever it is. Social Security is going to pay this much. The pension is going to pay this much. My portfolio needs to provide the rest of it. How much money do I need to have saved by that period of time to have the portfolio pay me that way? You got to put the planning at the middle, not at the end. I think everybody over the age of 50 should do that. Then you build the right balance between stocks and bonds. This is where the critical errors I see made. Many of you have way too much in stocks. You trying to be the richest people in the world. And Jeff Bezos is very comfortable in that position. I don't think you're going to catch him. Your job should be to determine how much money you need to have saved by retirement so that you can draw on that and have a successful retirement for you, your significant other and your charities. That's it. You shouldn't be aiming for the moon because that's where oftentimes we see people pay a big price. So the right balance and then having a discipline and staying with it. Good times are, will come. Good times will go. Markets will go up, down, all those things. And if you don't have that discipline, we've seen it many, many times. You're selling things, you're buying things all at the wrong time. You got to have that plan. You got to have the right portfolio for whom you are and you got to be willing to stick with it. And speaking of that, if you want us to review any of those things, we're always glad to do it. It's part of the work that we do at, uh, at our company, Vestry, because we want you to get it right. No cost, no obligation, no high-pressure sales tricks or tactics, any of those things, because we really do want you to get all of this right. I'm Tom Cock.